happiness? Where is the good life to be found? It is in drinking a can of Red Bull or is it going on the next jog or is there actually something deeper to the whole dynamic? And just as we kick off this morning, I want to draw your attention to the 23rd, so our Baptism Affirmation Day. On that day, we also want to be launching our Christmas appeal. And I believe that each year, I know that we've been raising money for usually schools in the last number of years over in East Timor. And uh, we're going to have some photos, Nandy's bringing them, of the school that was built from last year that we raised money for. Um, I think it was $60,000 last year for school plus extras, which was great. And this year, we, we want to do the same. And on the 23rd, I, I believe Kirsty Guzmao is going to be here, Janata Guzmao's wife, to thank us for that and also to talk about the next kind of project that we want to bring to your attention for this Christmas appeal. If we've learned something from um, Justice Mwanda, who was here from Uganda a few weeks ago, is that education in developing countries is huge. And so we want to continue to do that as well as be involved in the local church community over there through Archie um, and in East Timor in Dili right there. So that's the the 23rd. And the only last thing I want to say is that if you're next to one of these, um, if you are not a regular here at New Community, just put your fingers in your ears right now. Say la 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 la. That's fine. We are changing our banking details and we don't want to lose anyone along the way. And so we're asking you over the next month, if you could consolidate, there's a number of people who give around here, and always generous around at New Community here, and I love it. Just last month, we, we made our budget. One before was just a little lower, but this month was a little bit extra, and uh, around $40,000, and I'm just staggered by the community's generosity. So could you help us do some, um, some bookkeeping here and transfer that over, what you've been giving? If you want to join us along the way, you're welcome to, but that's the details there just over the next month. If I mention the word Christmas... Will anyone shudder? It's coming. Just a small little ripple. Happiness is on the way, okay? Happiness is definitely on the way. But what we talked about last week was we kicked off this whole idea of happiness. Where is the good life to be found? And if you want to travel with us this morning and you don't have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone that you can actually look it up, we're looking at the book of Matthew and we're going to sort of week two, plan two for this series of five weeks about happiness. Last week, we talked about being born with wanter machines and happiness meters. Now, I know these are very scientific, technical words. If you're a scientist here today, you will understand the wanter machine. In fact, we don't have to justify it because you see it in kids. They walk through a supermarket and the first, they point to something that's shiny and they, they're not saying, I want it, but that because they're crying, you know they do. Yeah. And as a parent, you have to make a decision. Do I just give in to their wanter machine or do I actually fight a little battle here that's going to be a lifelong battle? Um, what do I do here? And you know that every time you are not going to give in to that wanter machine, right? Uh, because what's ticking in our little pleasure centers in our minds is that when we feed our wanters, we actually tip the scales of our happiness meter, yeah? And, and, and when, we're fuel, when we're eating fuel and when we're consuming fuel that's satisfying always our wanter machine, what we find happens is that our happiness meters tick really high, but we always need to continue to fill that next wanter, if you like, to reach that next kind of high. In fact, sociologists, psychiatrists, psychologists, educationalists, and even economists are saying that on large, our community has a problem, and it comes to defining what happiness really is. So last week, I set you with the task, and it was to ask yourself a question. 
Where is the good life to be found? I mean, have you ever spent time asking that? If you're a parent here today, you'll say, the good life is just to be found having an eight-hour sleep, right? For some of you, a few smiles around the place. If I could just get some sleep, that is the good life. I mean, it's been reduced from this broad to this narrow, right? If you're here and you're retired, you're like, the good life, where is that to be found? I mean, I'm looking after so many other people's kids now. I want to go back to work so I can. And we wanted you to observe your wanter this week. Have you been observing your wanter? That is, in those moments of sadness, in those moments of reflection or boredom, do you find yourself going, oh, if I, then I, yeah? If I, then I. Maybe you're in a job here this morning and you got that, that moment of boredom and you went, you know what, there's another job. And if I get that job, then I will be, and you can fill in the blank, happy, yeah? In fact, you can test if your wanter machine's really high on momentary things because you'll have that if-then kind of thinking. If I just get a new, then I will be, and that's the exact representation of confessions of a shopaholic. If I just get that new pair of Italian leather shoes, then I truly will be. The problem being, though, is that if you define happiness as momentary pleasure, then what happens along the way is that you find that that wears off and you need to fix the wanter or feed the wanter again. In fact, what we found from last week when we talked about Coca-Cola, it's just that they had a TV commercial that wasn't picking on them, ads called Open Happiness. They said that happiness is a right and happiness can be purchased, it can be bought. And it's true, you'll be happy for a moment if that's how you define happiness, Um, Good feelings are temporary, though, and if there was one key idea to take away from last week, it's this. Is it intuitively, somehow deep within our psyches, we believe that if I satisfy my desire, then I will be happy. And what we're finding, in fact, that's what all the thinkers are saying, is that that is not true. What do you do with the culture where the treat has become the staple diet and the staple is now the treat? You know, when I grew up, uh, you were given a meal, staple, meat and potatoes, yeah, the good Aussie diet, yeah, three, two veg, one veg, two veg, three veg, big piece of meat, little piece of vegetable and potato, yeah, um, healthy diet, thanks mum, I appreciate that. However, then you would get a treat on top of that, and it was the dessert, occasionally you'd have a treat, right, and it was a nice thing, and you looked forward to that, but you had the staple, and then you had the treat, yeah. What do you do with a culture where the whole thing's been turned around, where the staple is now the treat, and the treat is the staple, yeah? Well, you're burning a different kind of fuel. And what we said last week, if you get caught up in that game, you'll experience the high for a moment, but then there's always a low. In fact, the thinkers are now defining happiness in a different way. Russ Harris, in his book, The Happiness Trap, he says, happiness... We shouldn't define it as a temporal sense. It should be a rich, full, and meaningful life. That's what the happiness we're talking about. In fact, Hugh McKay, in his book, uh, Where is the Good Life to be Found or the Good Life? He says it's not a feel-good life, but a life characterized by goodness. How about that? We're going to unpack that a little bit more in the weeks to come. Many people think that Jesus came to answer the question, how can I be happy? But in fact, when you press into Jesus, you discover 
uh, that he has a different kind of mission statement. It went something like this. It's recorded in the Bible. So the thief, he says, the thief comes to steal and to rob and to destroy, but I have come so that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. I mean, Jesus used that, if you like, as his personal mission statement. He believed that he could deliver it. Not necessarily a momentary high, but something that's deeper and broader and wider and far more enriching. Abundant fullness of life. And we want to unpack that idea this month. But as we press into this this morning, I want to highlight one particular person's um, insight into this happiness trap that we can fall into. And his name's Scott Peck. And if you've heard 